0: This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth news today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of sports Mark McMahon and Blues writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, has the success so far for the Cowleys papered over the cracks of Pompey's issues as they aim for the playoffs this season? We look at the John Marcus debate after his crew nightmare and ask what lies ahead for the striker over the remainder of the season. And as the feel-good resurrection of Jack Watmore's Pompey career continues, we ask, has the Gosport lad put him himself in pole position for player of the season plaudits? We're available from wherever you download your podcast, so give us a listen. Like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at Portsmouth.co.uk.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today, fresh from a trip to crew and back, is Will Rooney and Jordan Cross. Welcome lads, you must be sick of the sight of each other. I was going to
0: say, fresh wasn't, wasn't,
1: <laughs> wasn't the, not
0: the operative word probably for, for the current conditions. Uh, no. Yeah, we're, we're, we're back in one piece after a near-death experience on the M6 on the way to the game yesterday and a nice... It's been all about the M six actually, Will, isn't it? Then we've gone gallivanting and missed the uh, turning and it has, on the yeah. M six toll on the way back and gone, give giving Kettering a visit and went through the shires, <laughs> on the way back. Nice, some, nice country pubs we went past, Will, didn't we? Look, look very appetising. Yeah, very <laughs> tempting,
2: tent Yeah, uh, I think we said at one point, it'd be nice to have a pint around here, isn't we? And then all of a sudden we see a pub, but then it's up for sale. So, <laughs> that put paid to that. If we if we did fancy one.
0: Yeah, Covid yeah. must have finished that pub off, but there's some nice ones. And then, uh, and then we hit the M27 and it was tipping it down. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty grim. Right. So, yeah. So Probably, a met- uh, Something, a met- metaphor for a lot of the, the game last night.
1: Yes, I was going to say, an eventful journey there and back, but not so eventful <laughs> for the reason you were in Cree at the end of the day. A, v- a dire nil nil draw. Who wants to go first? Who wants to dissect that performance? <laughs> off you go, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a bit banana. Well, it was
2: it was a uh, disappointment, wasn't it? Especially after the the Burton defeat. Um, we've all talked about how favourable Pompey's running is, and then when you go into a team like Crew, who, let's be frank, they haven't got a lot to play for at this stage of the season. have they? um, they've consolidated after coming up from League Two. They've dipped away, and they they can't finish in the playoffs. So you're thinking, well. Probably a team who might have the feet up a little bit, and we'll go there and we'll take it to them. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case. Don't get me wrong; Pompey had the chances, didn't he? Let's be honest. Um, mm. If John Marcus puts the two away, he should have. I'm um, sure we'll come on to that. Then Pompey come back to the south coast with a two nil win, and it's right onto onto um, onto kids on mm-hmm. on Saturday. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But I think maybe if if that happens. Would fans have been entirely happy? Perhaps not, because well, there's a lot of problems in this team at the minute, injuries the the most part. Um, but I think now fans are a little bit worried that the new manager bounces certainly over and maybe the problems in this squad are, are coming to the fore again like they were towards the end of Kenny Jackett's tenure.
1: Jordy, is it fair to say? Like, I'm referring to comments I've seen on Twitter, social media, and the honeymoon is over for Danny Carly. Is that right? Or are we jumping the gun a wee bit? Um,
0: perhaps jumping the gun a little bit. Um, only uh, not so much in the sense of the results, but the reaction. Um, now, I haven't uh, had a chance to, to garner in great detail um what the fans have been saying in the wake of the game on social media and chatting to fans in general. Uh, But what I did pick up and I think we've sort of discussed it in private, um, was the kind of movement of criticism away from the Cowleys and and slightly towards the players more, um, that the players aren't stepping up. Um, Again, as I say, that's not to get a real balance on everything. So I haven't done it in enough detail. Um. So there, there, perhaps has been a quite a shift to that, and probably just a realization of the of, of the sh- is also the uh the shortcomings of the team. Um. I was speaking to Mark McAdam from Sky last night, who was at the game. Um. And he asked. He said, well, "Why, why didn't Kenny Jackett get a striker?" And that you know, there probably was an argument for a striker it, 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 slightly in January, but then obviously we've had two players out for the season as well. So I think you have to factor that into the 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 whole squad planning debate, but. Perhaps more concerning was the fact that in what was a disjointed, that was the word I kept coming back to last night, a disjointed performance, um, the attacking area of the pitch was the was the biggest concern. Pompey yeah, not scoring or threatening enough in the, in the last few games. Now I, I, that's been an area that they've come up short. And the, the yeah, okay, it's been chopping and change. And John Marcus, you know, we'll we, we talk about that um there's a lot on on him this season and then there was Ronan Curtis who can get quite a long way on talent talent as a striker and he can fashion uh, something out, out of nothing but he's not experienced enough in the in the in the what's required to lead a line and and, and the role of leading the striker and just the kind of interchanges between the players um i felt the strikers well the attacking players were quite isolated last night i feel there's Um, As we well know, probably picked up or or trying to develop a way of passing out from the back. So what we have is the the centre-half split, Ben Close will come deep and make a kind of third defender almost in a way. Uh, Then the full-backs can push up the pitch. Uh, Tom Naylor gets a bit further up the pitch. But when that happens, I I think there's too much of a gap at the moment between the defensive players and the wingers. Um, it, It was apparent last night. So then you start to look at the dynamic of the midfield too. Does Ben Close and Tom Naylor work? Is that the right dynamic? Do we need someone with a bit more drive in there? Is that somewhere that Pompey short? Could Andy Cannon or Byers perhaps be more suited? Perhaps an area that we could look at moving forward. But just the yeah, the, the, the the exchanges between the attacking players. And for the past couple of games, I just felt the the pace of the passing has gone down. Um, it's not had the, the vim and impetus needed. Um just to quicken up at the right times, perhaps, as well. Not always a frenetic 100%, but just slow the game up and then quicken up in the right areas. So, certainly areas for Danny Cowley to look at.
1: Well, Jordy's mentioned quite a few areas where him, he's only a journalist at the end of the day, what does he know? What At the end of the day, a few areas there that he's picked up on. Why are we discussing these now, five games in, to Danny Cowley's reign? Um I thought this type of conversation was a thing of the past where we're dissecting performances under Kenny Jacket, but since the Cowlies come in, it's been nothing but positive and this past few games it, it hasn't exactly been that way. Why are, why is it all going a wee bit wrong at the minute then?
2: I just think myself they come in and you've that new manager bouncing the players get the adrenaline and you know, we've seen that Nip <clears> Switch when in stockage time they were pressing Nip Switch race high up the pitch, you know, players get that that energy and, as I say, that adrenaline, that momentum, and eventually that starts to go. It's only natural. You know, players start getting used to the carlies a little bit. They start getting into their methods, and eventually they, they settle down a little bit, and that, and that happens. And George is quite right. The carlies are putting their stamp on things, and they want Pompey's playoffs on the back. But a lot of these players have been playing under Kenny Jacker for, for you know, best part of three years. It's hard to acclimatise just like that straight away. When you've been brought in to play under Kenny Jackett, you've been told to, to play a certain way, it can be difficult to, to get out of, maybe rut the wrong way, but the habit of mm. uh, of what he wants you to do. Because um, Marcus Haas is a prime example. He, he started off like a bang, in the he? Um, when Carly came in, he dipped. Ryan Williams was lively enough last night without really having a real threat on goal. I think that's the main thing. Um it's it's difficult. It's difficult about a proper pre season for a manager to really put your stamp on things. Look at Paul Cook at Ipswich. Mm. You know, they're arguably performing worse than Paul Lambert, and Paul Lambert was lambasted, wasn't he, by, by Ipswich fans. Um so it's hard four wins a draw and a, a defeat. I think that's it's a cracking start. We'd have all taken that. Yeah. As soon as Danny Carly came in, maybe the the, you know the they, they are you know the the coming in and had success too early, um and they've set the bar high. Maybe we we shouldn't have set the bar so high for them. They've got very high standards. We know that, but, but everyone knew when whoever it was who was coming in had a job on their hands to get Pompey into the playoffs. They've done that so far, and as long as they do that, then it's job done for them as as far as they're concerned. I think.
0: It's papering over the cracks as well, hasn't it? It's been that's. I think the start has papered over the cracks. The bounce that you get, the problems are same. The same problems are still there, um, and 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 Danny Cowley favours the phrase. He hasn't got a magic wand, and you can you can see that. So, for for them to truly get their identity and ideas across, they're going to need to. It's going to take time. Okay, they're, they're trying to wave, the, use this euphoria, and they know how powerful impetus can be and how powerful commodity com- confidence is. So they're trying to they're trying to ride that out. But it, inevitably I think yeah it, 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 they have there has been a degree of of papering over the cracks moving forward. It's like playing out from the back. Pompey have not got necessarily got the players again something me and Will were discussing um uh, coming down the, most most of the M6 um <laughs> was uh, um and not, not necessarily have have got uh, the players to do that. We know Sean it's not necessarily comfortable with the ball at feet. Um, I think Craig McGilfrey's not the best at releasing the ball um, quickly, um, his distribution of his feet is not not a real asset, he's got strong assets in other areas of his game, that's something that he needs to improve on, um, so sometimes you, you see when he goes to re- release the ball there's a bit of a hesitancy, once you have that delay in releasing the ball when you're playing out, he's just inviting the, the, the press from the other team on. And, and then are kind of batting against themselves and it gets to Raggett and they're a bit closer or Charlie Daniels. And then they're on the, the, the defenders and, and, and the mistakes come from, from there. Again, not, you know, the players are not necessarily used to it. Um, so there will be mistakes and there will be goals conceded, but it's that learning process. They've got their very strong philosophies on how the games are going to be uh, played. They also um, have to kind of amend that slightly with what they've got at the moment and, and, they, and they've done that, uh, have, have done that. And it's just gonna we're gonna have this kind of um, tumultuous probably in into the season, even given the the favourable run. And then, and the other question is, what happens when you get to the playoffs, isn't it? If we do get there, are Pompey good enough? You know, we're, we're hopeful that the impetus can really drive Pompey, in and we can have the impetus we haven't had. But then, there's gonna be questions about what Pompey can achieve when it when they get
1: to those end yeah. of season games, if that happens. Well, just just the basis of these conversations we're having emphasizes just how hard a job Danny Cowley has he's walked into like there was a lot of expectation again when he, when he took on the job get us in the top six get us in the playoffs then you know what job's done we'll hand you a contract for the end of the season like but as we just discussed here these aren't his players he's got players that are here have been playing a certain style has mm-hmm. as he walked into an unfair situation although he's accepted it himself but have have we has the expectations been far too much for this year? Pompey may get to the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but in terms of style of play, excitement, pressing, all that there, is it too much too soon?
2: That's not a bad point. I mean I know a lot of people wanted Daniel Stendel initially, but my understanding is there were a couple of members in the dressing room thinking we we haven't got time to start playing that sort of football. Like you know, we can't play this football at Stendhal at one in twelve games we need to get into the playoffs and when the Carleys come in they obviously have that reputation of, you know, being long ball merchants. We know they're not. But maybe they are playing more football than, than we expected and it is taking a little bit longer. Um maybe I, I, I never expected Danny Carly to come in and, and you know hoof the ball to well, Ellis Harrison wasn't fit, was he? But you know, the the strike man like he like he got this reputation at, at Lincoln. But maybe we I expected short, sharp, quick passing. I didn't expect it to be playing out from the back, I must admit. Um, I didn't expect the style to change that drastically. And it is hard when you're going from one to the other. where players, like, you know, we speaking to Tom Nayland, even he said, like, you know, we're used to playing a, a, a style of football where we pick up second balls that sort of that way, which... It, it it's just that, that to me, and that was Tom Naylor saying. He, you know, it wasn't a line of question. He just said it sort of off the off the cuff. It struck me how different it is, and look, as you said, Danny Carly's accepted this challenge. Him and his brother Nicky, back their ability, have made a favourable impression. <laughs> I'm I I think they have a lot of people impressed with them. It's uh, it it is hard to judge managers on the situation after that new matter after that. That initial bounce, um, when they haven't got the players, you're right. You say Josie McGilvery.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When, when opposition sense a bit of hesitation, they swarm on you. Um, Raggett the same. Daniels a bit last night. Even mm. Nail is sort of coming in for yeah. him a little bit from supporters now, yeah. isn't he? Because he's not renowned as a as a ball playing centre midfield, and he's someone who wins the ball back and and gets rid of it quickly. Now he's picking it up, and we never seen that under Kenny Jacket. Did we saw? So, I think you're right, Josie. I think you you spot on the six games to goal. There's favourable fixtures there, but it's not all um, it's not all straightforward, isn't it for Pompey on him?
1: Jordy, on the way up the road yesterday, I contacted you. Just talk the discuss team selections, and the name yeah. Raggett and Rasmus Nikolaisen was an area that we both sort of spoke on. Raggett you've just mentioned there isn't the ball playing centre half he can't bring the ball out he he doesn't serve the purpose there that the Carlies won whereas Rasmus maybe Mm -hmm. does and Rasmus was brought on against Burton for that exact reason to help bring the ball forward is there not that argument then well if there's a player who can execute maybe what you're saying why not then bring him in at some point instead of Raggett? Case for it, uh, yeah, yeah. I can see why well, there's a case for it,
0: and I think Danny Cowley has uh, certainly spoken to me about it. And we've done a, done a story on Rasmus and what he offers in terms of step, stepping out um, from the back, um, he's, how he's more he's comfortable doing that, how he believes that he's been coached very well in his career. He thinks he's going to be a, a, a player um, moving forward. So, in terms of left centre halves, yes, yeah, I can see you can see the case for that. Um on the other side of the coin is what Sean Raggett offers. Um we've been quick to praise his, his stoic attitude of late uh and, and at times often through the season really. Um I spoke to Bobby Bachich, the physio, who rates Sean Raggett as one of the toughest <laughs> men he's seen, both physically and mentally, which is a good point given the criticism that he's been he's dealt with. In, in in his time in football, he said Paul Robinson at Millwall, Tony Craig at Millwall, and then Sean Raggett. They were the people, and he's he's had a long career in football, so I don't think you can discount that important. And it's a balance up, isn't it, for 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 the Cowleys um, in terms of what getting the balance of what they need, um, against you know uh, a physical type. I mean, look at the guys. Was it Fondop up front for for Burton at the weekend? <laughs> Raggett's come back in, you know. He's got a, what was the f- feel as a fractured cheekbone, and you're pushed, put up against that, You know, an absolute hulking presence in in uh, in Fondot. How would Rasmus Nicolásen have dealt with that, given that he's still adapting <laughs> to the physicality? So there's, there's there's it's horses for course, and I think they can yeah. be judged on that. So there there, there is that whole debate, and this us not let's not um get off the subject of centre arse without mentioning Jack Watmore as well. who was absolutely an absolute colossus. Um, last night absolutely outstanding and, and for my money I think the um, I think the player of the season is his to his to go out and grasp now for, for Pompey if you're looking at contenders I thought Sean Rugg at times uh, was getting on a run where he could have gone and played himself into contention but too many mistakes probably not popular enough with the supporters giving a supporter vote as well Tom Naylor being another contender um, consistent but just looking a bit leggy of late uh, and Jack Watmore, I think is is the one that's kicked on. He played every minute under the Cowleys. Um, it's a great story. Thirty six games this season, given the, the the problems he had with his injuries, he's answered that. Brilliant to see performance levels, in and out of possession, outstanding and, and improving. So um, I don't see you know any reason why he can't kick on these final games. Six games plus whatever. Hopefully, uh, that he can nail down the uh, the Player of the Season clause, Hopefully.
1: Just going a wee bit off off the beaten track, like but Burnham mind too. What more was being considered as a a possible shift out on loan at the start of last season too, wasn't it? Could you imagine if, if what would have been if he, if if Kenny Jackett had have maybe followed through with that there? Yeah, it
0: wasn't too long ago, was it that uh, people were, were looking at him as um, wow you know he wasn't he wasn't really the the one in contention was he it you know, yeah. was down in and down in a ragged really people like that were but it's jack that's come through and, and and proven proven his value and um it's a great story isn't it i mean it, the fact that he's a homegrown lad as well but to to come back and manage himself and um as a story we'll pick up on it um UK, um the glowing reference that um Danny Cowley, I mean, he's so. I know he's very deliberate in his praise for for um, for his players. But you you look at the quotes when you when you see them on our website this afternoon, um, for Jack Watmore, just what he does. He, it's a real breakdown of his assets. He thinks his areas he, he can improve in. He thinks that uh, he can do hold the defensive line better and show more lead, Perhaps come in and be a leader now. And that's kind of the challenge for Jack Watmore. So stop being the. Uh, the young lad that's come through the ranks and now at twenty four become become the man and, and leader that he can for for Portsmouth. Hopefully, given that he's out of contract and uh, as Danny Kelly said, he's he's a championship player
1: in waiting for someone. For someone. <laughs> well, let's well let's move on up the pitch a wee bit and, and John Marquis came back on on Tuesday night. A wee bit of a surprise, burning man. There was a lot of talk that he might have an ankle injury after serving a three match ban. But he came back and led the line, which was, I have to admit, I was quite pleased by. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, too, he missed two big, big chances for Pompey. And ultimately, that's what cost him victory in the end.
2: Yeah, ultimately, he dominated the headlines from the build-up to the um, the final listening, didn't he, John Markless? I mean, there was so much said about him being doubtful for the game. Pompey being without a natural striker and then only potentially having three senior attackers in Curtis, Harris, and Williams. But... You know, when you see him, absolutely delighted. Um, As you say, two massive chances. The first one, header, where he's all on his own in the six-yard box and it's a shame to keep his arm. And then the penalty, which, you know, for a professional footballer, it's really poor, isn't it? I mean, for a Sunday league player, it's poor, but to to strike a penalty as poorly as that, and the keeper, it must have been as comfortable a penalty save for the keeper as as it can be, (laughs) really, let's be honest. I know Jeff Stellan in the Sky Sports. Usually, always having a bit of a bit of a laugh about it. Um, apparently so, but yeah, it's oh, Marquez is, is someone who Danny Carly knows how important he's going to be in these last six games now because he's the only fit striker. bigs him up any opportunity, you know. Calls him Johnny, Johnny Marquez. Tells him how good, you know.
1: Sorry, well, do I don't mean to interrupt you there but I'm just going back to a point <laughs> Jordy made about Jack Watmore and Jack, Jordy says clearly makes a deliberate move to big up a player. Mm. He's he's spoken an awful lot about John Marcus this past couple of days, how important he is calls him Johnny and all that best league one, best striker he'll ever have managed. Is, is this part of the game then, building up John Marcus?
2: Yeah, I mean John Marcus says he's you spoke to you, Joe. He's in the after but He never gets mm. too high and too low. Strikers are all about confidence, <coughs> let's be fair. Um, when we've seen John Marcus have a hot streak early in the season, it's because he was confident. Um, his goal at Lincoln ten strucky. You know, if, if he, he's not in form, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have took that on. Um, and Danny Carley needs to keep him upbeat, he needs to keep John Marquis believing in himself, knowing that chances are going to arrive for him if he he has got good movement mark as i i have always rated his movements you can say what you will about his holds up play or at times his finishing i've always rated his movements he always gets himself the chances at least mm-hmm. Um sometimes the application isn't isn't quite there sometimes he's been guilty of missing chances every strike does but he needs to keep him on the side definitely because we've seen more of a uh, more of a number nine last last night, didn't we? Um, we've seen a bit more of hold up play, bringing people into play than Curtis provides, and obviously Curtis on the left is a better player in general um, than he is up front. But look, we know that John Marcus came in for a million pounds. That's it's been confirmed when the club accounts um, were released last month for a million pound striker. Gotta be putting those chances away, because if Pompey missed out on the playoffs by two points, what are you gonna think of? You're gonna be thinking mm. of the penalty miss. Just like sometimes when you think about two years ago, you think of Omar Bogle's penalty miss against against Barsley. It's those sorts of. It's not the. It's those sorts of moments yeah, you think far about. Fine
1: margins. Yeah. Fine
2: margins, and if you're coming in for a million pounds, you. I, I'd imagine he's Pompey's top earner. Um, given the fee that he came in for, you've got to yeah. be putting those away, and let's hope that Pompey don't look back and rue that, because if Pompey miss out on the playoffs, that will be the first thing that comes to mind. Is is that penalty miss for me?
0: Yeah, I I, I think you've nailed it. Now it that there is that is that moment, and I I put that it felt like that, and I put that in my match report last night. That you just you know a bit like fifth Solomon Solomon Osibor's pass as yeah. well, and, and against Peterborough, it that that will be, you you feel the moment, but I just want to I, I feel, John Mark is disappointed, given it was so much you for about him coming back in, he's there to deliver that he knows, and he's of the mindset, that he he will be thinking right I'll, on to the next one, I'll then be there for the next one and get us the goals that will get get us in the playoffs. He's that single minded. Um, I think a lot of the the, the criticism of John Marcus have been valid. Um, there was a slight move from Danny Cowley, only a slight one, um, and he was very balanced in his wording, but you'll see on the, the second half of the story about John Marcus today, I'm talking about body language. What, just, he said, just one or two players, I want positivity, I don't want that. And we, and we have raised it with John Marcus, his body language before. But he has been very, very good and, and um, as we know, a cheerleader for Danny Cowley's men through his suspension. So he has tried to eradicate that. I think Ronan Curtis, perhaps another one that comes to mind, he gets a bit despondent with the body language. But I just want to add a point on John, on John Marcus, which perhaps people won't consider. He wasn't fit last night. There was no way yeah. he was match fit. Mm. Uh, he's been having in- injections, not painful <clears throat> injections, but I think injections to help with the swelling around around the ankle. So... He knows that Pompey are desperate at the moment in terms of the striking options, and he, and he, yeah. I, I, I wonder if how much how fit he'd be over the rest of the season actually, um, and and but it, 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 it's one of those ones a bit like Lee Brown where it doesn't come out in the wash necessarily it won't it won't necessarily come come to light um, so they 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 get on it and maybe it will further down the line but that's something uh, to bear in mind I hate to think back to again driving up the road with Will yesterday I hate to think back to the Plymouth playoff game. The second leg under Paul Cook, where we said we went. Paul Cooks afterwards said Pompey were on their knees, and then we got all those injuries, and you just felt the the best Pompey against be, the best Plymouth would have out of ten games would have beat them the majority yeah. of times. But, but Pompey were knackered. They were they, and 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 you just think in the attacking areas you're starting to see like the, the, the gaps appearing there, and that's a that's a real worry for, for going forward into the playoffs. How how that then pans out in the in the coming weeks, and when you do reach reach the playoffs, because I. You don't want Pompey to be on their knees when no, they do get to the
1: playoffs again. I, I think it's a massive, massive concern. And the fact that this past couple of weeks we've been talking about fatigue and all that they're creeping into the side, I think it's at the forefront of everybody's minds. And last night, once again, pinpointed that all's oh, not good in that department. But, well, like, what can they do about it? There's nothing really they can do,
2: is there? Stump- There's not at all, no. There's not, you can't rotate Harris, you can't rotate cases. you can't rotate Williams they haven't got the players to do that, so that's your You know, you from three positions behind the striker in a four two three one. They they play. Let's hope one of them doesn't pick up an injury because. Yeah. Okay, maybe you could bring George Byers into the ten or Andy Cannon into the ten, but I, mean, I like Cannon in the ten last season. But he's been far more effective as he, this term in a deeper role. But then they're, they're not attack natural attackers. Byers has picked out a few passes. And he looked quite sharp when he came on a crew, but ultimately he hasn't done a lot considering he comes down from the championship. So that's the thing. If, if Curtis, Harness, Williams are playing every, almost every minute of every game, Pompey get into the playoffs. That's going to be hard work for them, isn't it, Um, to keep going. You just hope that, as come back to the word adrenaline, that might get them over the line in the playoffs. But maybe if fans were there, that might do. But especially when you've got no one driving you on, that makes it even more difficult.
1: I thought mm, I was telling yeah. last night, Jordy, just on on the Curly Facebook, or even one of your stories. I think it was where he says, "You know what? There's people from this city going out and working yeah. 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and you'll never hear him moan that his players are tired." And it does make you wonder. You talked about the lion metaphor and all that. There, like, is it a psychological thing, or are these people, are these guys actually dead on their knees on a, on every Saturday now?
0: I I use the term self fulfilling prophecy. On that, on that, with with Danny and um, I, I think there's a very clear uh, rhetoric from from Danny Kelly not to use that and it, we come up with a very strong language about the about the supporters and and not allowing the players to be tired because they do. <laughs> I think I've used that on the podcast before once or twice. You know the great Jim Smith saying if you give a player an excuse, they take it, <laughs> and you know if you, and I, I there is a there is you can see the fatigue is going to be a factor, but. How much of a factor he won't if you if you allow it to become the talking point and don't go into it with, with, with positivity, you have got no chance. So what the manager from the mat, his point of view that's how they they're, they're taking on, not having it. What we do is deal with it. We get on. You want to play? You'd be moaning if you were getting hauled off and getting the hook. Here's your chance. Now bloody go and show us what you can do. So that's that's how how they do deal with it. And I think he's going to be really. Jumping on us when we ask those questions to not have that and not give the players the opportunity because that's the that gives them their best chance then to to get through it in in a way and they're probably you know from our point of view we we, we dissect things we know what we do as media because we have the talking points with the supporters and, that, and want to have a discuss the things but maybe we should you know park it for a bit and have the inquest after the season and then just try and get on and try. and create that euphoria they haven't got the energy that danny cowley says they feed on the user the, use the supporters to feed the energy of their high tempo game they haven't got that hopefully they will get it as will says when the playoff comes that could be decisive and that needs to be something we pick up on as a sports desk moving forward because that's really really quite important danny cowley says that he coaches supporters he, at lincoln he coached the fans got them on got them going he coached the fans as well to get them part of the so the other pom-poms is he <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe we should drop John Marcus and get him back in pompons, pompons, Get get them all going again. Um, so that's that's a that's a real real point to pick up on and moving forward. And yeah, th- th- this this just try and uh, push forward now. And there is the validity to what we've been talking about, of course. But yeah, I think Danny Cowley's just keen to kind of part that. Don't give the players excuses. Very keen on the the, the mind. Uh, um, and how, how to coach the mind and, and get get the best out of the pump and they, and they will manage it they will manage workloads moving forward for the players they won't be hammering them in training and they're not like a Tony Pulis all on board it'll be a bit more of a Harry Redknapp have a day off here if you need a rest and then get the pump into the playoffs in the best possible shape to get the best possible results
1: good stuff well on the subject of tiredness i never get tired of you guys so don't worry about it i'm not looking for any half-time substitutions although well if you want to pick up your game away better be much appreciated so but anyway we're running out of time yet again we could go on for hours here especially the way geordie goes on so i will have to wrap it up unfortunately but thank you again for your time lads and thank you for watching and listening we'll be back again soon so goodbye for now
0: Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the Ports of News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.